Unstoppable Success Radio, episode 241. The Summer Guest Fest has arrived, and this year we've decided since summertime is the easiest time of year to get distracted from your business, the kids are home from school, vacation is on the horizon, there's so much going on that can keep you from moving forward towards your goals that we wanna do everything possible to keep you on track and inspire you to keep moving forward towards accomplishing your big dream. So for the next two months, we're gonna be offering you at least two special guest episodes episodes each and every week. We hope you enjoy the extra value, the added inspiration, and a little extra urge of motivation to keep on going. Welcome to Unstoppable Success Radio. I am your host, Kelly Roach, and I am thrilled to be here today with Diane Gardner. She has helped individuals to save over $1.1 million in taxes that they didn't need to be paying, and she's going to break it all down here for you live on the show today. Diane, welcome to the show. Kelly, I'm so happy and excited to be on your program today. Oh, good. Well, I'm pumped. So, you know, I'm going to share a little bit about you. You can fill in the gaps and then we're going to dive right in and try and give people some stuff to take action on right away before it's too late while uh, tax season is still uh, fast and furious out there. So, Diane's expertise lies in the area of tax planning. Her goal is to make sure successful entrepreneurs across the U.S. are paying the least amount of income tax they can legally pay. As a tax coach, she offers a free tax analysis for those interested in finding out if they're overpaying their income taxes. Her goal is to save taxes one business at a time through the use of proactive tax planning. So, Diane, this is awesome. I'm so happy to have you here. Welcome to the show. Are there any gaps that you want to fill in before we dive a little bit deeper here? Um, probably the only thing I would like to add to that is because I get to work as a tax coach with people, it allows me to be a tax superhero. And there's not too many accountants across the U.S. that get to say that they can be a tax superhero, swoop in and save money for people instead of just telling them how much they owe. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, we don't learn in school, we don't take classes that help us to understand what we can legally do to pay less in taxes. And if you just go with the flow and just kind of let the chips fall where they may, uh, you can be paying up to half of your income uh, very close to, um, you know, it gets taken before you even see it or even if you do see it, you know, you end up owing it. So uh, you have a pretty important role that you're playing out there in the entrepreneurial world. You bet. And a little secret I'll let you in on is they don't teach this stuff in college for accountants either. You take your tax classes, you take all your other classes, but there isn't anything in there that teaches you how to help people save money on their tax returns. And so for years, I operated under the assumption that whatever that number came to is what it came to until I was able to get some training and stuff myself and be able to realize that we're not using the tax code to our advantage. So let's let's go ahead and do that and start making a change with the way that we're working with our clientele. Yeah, that's fantastic. And so are you working exclusively with entrepreneurs, Diane? Or are you working with like high level executives that are paying, you know, a lot in taxes as well? What's your mix of business? Pretty much 
uh, just entrepreneurs, successful entrepreneurs, because there's more in the tax code that applies to them than to a high-level executive who's getting a W-2. Yep, so true, so true. Okay, great. Well, I know one of the things that you teach and have written about in your books, and by the way, um, Diane has five books. She's a five-time author, um, bestseller at that, which is amazing. Um, But I know one of the things that you help us to learn as entrepreneurs is the 11 ways that we overpay on taxes and how to stop it now. So can you break down maybe just a few of those that you think are ones that most of the listeners could probably improve upon? You bet. My probably the number one biggest thing that I see people um, as I working with clients clear across the U.S. is that they really don't even realize that they could plan their way to a lower liability. And to me, at first, I had a hard time wrapping my head around that until I realized it's like, hey, I was one of those just not too many years ago. But just realizing that if you'll stop and just take a few minutes worth of time and meet with somebody who can help you, you can save thousands and thousands of dollars off of your current year's income tax return. And people have a hard time wrapping their head around that one. So once they've got that mindset shift, which is really what it is, is a mindset shift, then we like to get in and start digging in their businesses and looking for the biggest paybacks. And one of the biggest paybacks oftentimes is in the area of um, entity types. Uh, We have several different entity types that businesses operate in here in the U.S. And the first one is a sole proprietorship. If you do nothing when you open up your doors to become a business, you are a sole proprietorship. And with a sole proprietorship, 100% of your net profit is subject to income tax, federal and or state, as well as 15.3% self-employment tax. And that self-employment tax takes the place of the Social Security and Medicare that you had deducted from your check when you were an employee, and then your employer also matched the same amount of money. So we have sole proprietorship, and then other entities that might potentially be better for tax advantage might be something like a limited liability company or a corporation of some sort, whether it's an S corporation or a C corporation. So we like to really get in and analyze somebody's entity type and see if they're in the correct entity type for where they are in business right now. Because oftentimes business owners outgrow their entity type from what they started in when they first started up in business. Yep, great. I actually, that's so funny. I just had a conversation with a client about that the other day. And I said, you know, did your accountant tell you to switch your entity type because you're probably, you know, way overpaying? And she's like, no, he didn't say anything about that. I'm like, you need to get a tax coach because, you know, most accountants don't even realize or think you know, from that tax savings perspective, just like you said at the beginning of the show here. Right. They're just functioned on recording all the numbers you gave them, get it done on time, put it in the right place, get it filed. That's what their focus is. They're not even thinking about proactively setting you up for some tax savings. Right. So you said number one was making the mindset shift that, you know, proactive tax planning can save you money and actually put money back in your pocket. You said number two was getting your tax entity assessed to see if your company is positioned the right way to pay the lowest amount of taxes possible. What would be another big guy that you see as uh, one of the mistakes made pretty frequently? One of the next ones going to be in the retirement area. I see uh, successful entrepreneurs that have been in business for sometimes 20 or even 30 years, and they're starting to look ahead at retirement 
And the conversation we have goes along the lines of, you know, I've been so busy working in my business and growing my business that I never even gave any thought to retirement. And now I'm five or 10 years away from retirement and I don't know what I'm going to do. And so setting yourself up for a successful retirement while at the same time saving money by taking advantage of tax strategies that work along with retirement planning. Gotcha. Okay, great, great. One of the next ones that I like to um, talk about is why selecting the right tax preparer or accountant is a lot like dating. And this kind of alludes back to the conversation you had with one of your clientele, where so many tax preparers and accountants out there are not entrepreneurial at all. They don't have an entrepreneurial bone in their body. And when you're paired up with an accountant who isn't entrepreneurial and you're a pretty entrepreneurial person, you may not have the best match. And so sometimes you have to find out a little bit more information about the accountant or the tax repairs that you're working with and find out, can they help you with growing your business or positioning your business or, or cutting your costs or just lots of little things like that that an accountant can do, but they have to be somewhat entrepreneurial minded before those thoughts even enter their head. Right, right. No, that's a great, great tip. What about, so I have a question. I'm going to be a little bit selfish here for just a second, if that's okay, Diane. I have a question. Maybe some other entrepreneurs listening will have the same one. What are some of the, you know, rules, regulations, laws, whatever the case around, you know, if you want to say purchase a property in a tropical location that you can use for mastermind meetings and retreats and doing client coaching and consulting, how does that work from a taxation perspective? Well, generally, if we can show that it is a necessary expense for your business um, and an and ordinary expense for your business, which are the two buzzwords the IRS likes to see, then we can potentially write something like that off or at least a portion of it off, depending on if how much you're using for business and how much you're using for personal. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are some tax rules around renting your own property to yourself tax-free. But to do that, there are some dotting of I's and crossing of T's. Um, so you can rent it to yourself less than, I believe it's seven days out of the year mm-hmm. and not have to pay tax on it. So if you were to purchase something like that personally and you wanted to use it for business, there's a potential of a nice little write-off on the business side and not taxable on the personal side. Mm. So that's a nice little little perk. We see that a lot with our clients who host various business events at their home. So they mm-hmm. might do a, a, a retreat or something with their staff and do it at their own home. Or they might do a barbecue in the summer or, you know, Christmas party in the winter, those kinds of things where they're, and they'll do it at their own home. They're able to rent their own home from themselves and not have to pick it up as taxable income on the personal side. And so just a nice little perk, you know, if you're thinking along those directions. Um, Otherwise, if you're using the property exclusively for business and there's no personal use in it, you know, then we look at it. Can we make it fit the ordinary necessary rules that go along with um, business deductions? 
Great, great. Very interesting. That's that's definitely something that uh, I want to do down the road, hopefully in the next year here. And uh, I live in Westchester, Pennsylvania, which is a beautiful area, and I absolutely love it. But I would love a uh, escape to do more meetings and clients closer to the beach somewhere. So I might be coming to you for a conversation about that, <laughs> Diane, to help me make sure I'm dotting the I's and crossing the T's. And someplace a little warmer in the, yes, for the wintertime. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And and schedule the meetups uh, during that time for, for clients. Right. So, yeah, no, that's great. So you gave us some of the big ones that people are missing out on. You talked to us about the entity type. You gave us some things to think about from the standpoint if you did look to buy a property down the road, um, you know, and how that may fit into the big picture. What are some other things as it relates to kind of business growth and success that coincide with kind of taxation considerations that you think are important to convey to our listeners today? Well, Kelly, I always like to make sure that with today's economy, we have so many people working from home that we didn't have, oh, 10 years ago or whatever. And a lot of times they're not aware about the ability to write off their home office. And so I always try to make sure that they're actually doing that. They're keeping track of, of their utilities and their their homeowner's insurance and their property taxes and any repairs and things like that that they've done to their home and their mortgage interest or their rent so that we can pick that up on a tax return. Because sometimes that amounts to a sizable deduction. Other times it's a small deduction, just depending on the business. But that's a very, very commonly missed deduction that doesn't cost any money. You're not spending any money to get that deduction, like going out and buying a piece of equipment or anything. You're actually spending the money anyhow. It's just moving it from an after-tax position into a pre-tax position. So that's what I like to make sure that we, you know, they are taking advantage of. Also, one that I see people miss all the time is their miles, writing off their their travel, their you know their mileage, that type of thing. And so many people aren't aware that they need to keep a mileage log. And the IRS says we have to have a mileage log, and you should keep it current. Um, I like to tell my clients, keep it up at least you know daily or weekly or something. Don't wait till the end of the year and then try to backdate it because then you're going to forget a lot of your miles that you drove. But keep, keep track of that mileage log because so many vehicles, it actually costs more to operate them than that standard mileage amount that the IRS gives you. So for 2017, the, the mileage rate is 53.5 cents per mile. For 2016, it was 54 cents per mile. Well, a lot of cars out there are costing you more like 69, 70, 75 cents a mile to operate. Right. And so you're actually leaving money on the table if you're using the standard mileage when maybe you should be recording actual costs. But either way, you need a mileage log to make that determination. So I, those are just a couple of the smaller ones that I see probably almost every week as I'm talking with clients. Yeah, that's fantastic. So, you know, one of the things I, that I started off the show with and I want to come back to again is the fact that you just crossed over $1.1 million that you and your team have saved in individuals in uh, taxes that otherwise they'd be paying. What, how much do you think that the average entrepreneur that you come across that you begin working with is overpaying on taxes when you find them? The average is about ten to twelve thousand dollars a year. Wow. I've had some lower at about, you know, five or six thousand, and I've had some up in the thirty, forty, or fifty thousand range. But my average is ten to twelve thousand a year. 
That's year after year after year after year that they're giving to the IRS that they don't need to. Wow, that's unbelievable. So, I mean, thinking about the return on investment, obviously, of working with a tax coach, uh, that makes it pretty obvious uh, why people. Yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely. That's great. And then, so does your team serve as the accountant for these individuals as well, or do they still work with a separate accountant to do their uh, actual taxes and all of that? Well, we love to become their accountant, though we do have a few who continue working with their current accountant. But generally, once they see the areas that have been being missed, they realize that they really have outgrown that current accountant. Mm -hmm. And it's time to be working with somebody who's proactive and who's going to stay on top of it and meet with them throughout the coming year and make sure that their strategies are actually happening that are supposed to be happening and that type of thing. So most of the time, we end up becoming their accountant. We process their bookkeeping, their payroll, their income tax returns, but not always. Gotcha. Okay, great, great. There's a couple other topics that I had some questions around that I'm assuming probably some of the other individuals listening would as well. One of them being, obviously, we pay out the wazoo for uh, medical uh, you know, insurance and you know, expenses in that arena. Are there ways to impact, you know, taxation around that or what do the rules around that look like? I'm glad you asked that one. That's another one of my favorite areas. There are some wonderful rules out there that allow us to write off up to 100% of our out-of-pocket medical costs through our businesses if your business qualifies. And the, believe it or not, the best business for this write-off is a sole proprietorship which is usually not the best business for other strategies. Mm -hmm. But in this particular case, it really shines because it allows you to hire your spouse. So you need to find a spouse. And then that spouse, as your employee, you, you can offer them medical benefits and you can even get away with paying them in the form of those medical benefits. Now, you have to legitimately have them working in your business and we suggest you have a job description and you keep a timesheet. So that we can show that the hours worked, you know, are in line with what you're paying them. But if you have no other employees, you can reimburse them up to 100% of those out-of-pocket medical costs. And that moves here again an after-tax write-off to a pre-tax position. Yeah. Because most people lose those medical write-offs on their itemized deductions simply because we now have to subtract 10% of our income off of that medical before we can even begin deducting it. Right, right. Now, d how does that work with the other the other entities? Can you do something similar or is it totally kind of off the table once you switch into these other entity types? Well, if we're operating as an S-Corp, it doesn't work real well. And so we will usually recommend a health savings account Yes, to yes, yes. try to mitigate yep. it right there. Mm -hmm. If we're operating as a C-Corp, then we don't even need a spouse. You can be the sole employee of that business and you can take advantage of the strategy yourself. So depending on the entity as to you know how well it works. Gotcha, gotcha. And overall, outside of the medical expenses, what would the benefit of getting your spouse to work in the business with you be? How or does that have a positive tax benefit? Well, 
if you have no other employees and that spouse is your only employee and you can reimburse them up to, up to 100% of your medical, that's a pretty big benefit right there because if you're not paying them any other salary, you're just paying in the, in the form of medical benefits, then we don't even have to file payroll tax returns or issue W-2s or anything like that. We just need to reimburse them for their medical costs out of the business. And that gives us that deduction that we're looking for. Mm -hmm. So we can potentially write off thousands of dollars through our business by employing that spouse and putting them to work in your sole proprietor business. Great, great. And how about other tax entities? Uh, L, what is it? S Corp, C Corp, um, any benefit to those types of entities to having a spouse work in the business with you? Because I know we have people in all different types of entities that are listening here today. Spouses working in your business can be helpful. It actually is probably more helpful if you were to hire your children or if you're helping to support maybe your parents or somebody along those lines, somebody else that you're actually spending money on on a regular basis because then we're able to take another one of those after-tax deductions and move it into a pre-tax position. And IRS says that a child has to be at least seven years old to be able to work in your business. So that opens the door to a lot of things that people aren't even necessarily thinking about. Can you use your child in your marketing? Use their picture and stuff in your marketing on a regular basis. Can you use them to help you with your social media? Can you use them to do filing or clean up and maybe out on a job site, you know, along those types of lines? And one of the best strategies about hiring your children is the first $9,300 that they get paid is tax-free because that is the standard deduction amount. So if they're not working another job and they're working in just in your business, you take the deduction for that 9300 that you paid them in, in payroll and they don't have to pick it up as income. So that makes it truly tax-free money. Now that money can be used towards private school. It can be used towards uh, specialty camps of some sort. But we like to take it one step further and suggest to that the parent entrepreneur that we put part of that money away in a Roth IRA and let it sit out there and just grow over all those years that child has before they actually hit retirement age. And you take a fairly small investment early in life and let it just sit there. And then, of course, add to it as you can down the road. And you can set that child up for a pretty nice retirement by just starting to contribute to them now. Wow, that's fantastic. That's that's really nice to think about there and to be planning in advance for. And and I forget was it is it seven or what's the what's the youngest that you can actually start utilizing the tax strategies around uh, your children on? Is seven years old. Yeah, that's right. And okay. right, yeah. And if you're if you're operating in an unincorporated business, so you're not a corporation of any sort, um, I believe you can get away without having to pay unemployment and some of those types of taxes on your children as well. Gotcha. Interesting. Wow. Wow. There's a whole world of opportunity out there, right? You bet. Yeah. You just have to be able to dig in and um, start exploring it. It's kind of fun. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So I have a question for you. So, you know, obviously as your business grows and you're looking at being able to, you know, assess your financial reporting and look at, you know, conversion rates and profitability and all of that, there kind of comes a time where there's like an intersection between 
wanting to write things off versus, you know, being able to clearly, you know, see the the profit margin and that type of thing in the case that, you know, you were to down the road sell the business or, you know, go for a loan or solicit investors or that type of thing. Can you talk to us a little bit about kind of the strategic way of thinking and looking at that and maybe what you should be doing from a planning perspective from that realm? Um, sure. What I like to do, Kelly, is I like to rearrange the typical chart of accounts or your, your P&L reports that you see and rearrange some of those deductions that are maybe not absolutely required, but you're doing it just to help grow your business. So meaning that um, I will take the, the the hard deductions that we know we have to pay. We have to pay salaries if we have employees. We have to pay maybe a virtual assistant. We have to pay certain people to make our business actually run. And we have some hard out-of-pocket costs. I like to group those costs together. Then maybe group my overhead stuff together. And then maybe have a third grouping uh, down in maybe the other other expense area, the P&L, for more of those soft type costs, maybe some of the development you know that you're doing, personal development, business development, some of those types of things that are necessary but not necessary. If you kind of understand yeah. where I'm going, yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so no. that it, it, yeah, an investor, a bank, those kind of people can look at that and go, well, here's my real bottom line, but this last year because. I've invested X amount in this because I know it's going to springboard me off over into this other direction. And, and as a result, my sales have increased, you know, X amount or whatever. So I'm one of those accountants that says, you know, we can rearrange this to suit our needs and make it a little bit easier to understand when you're meeting with a banker, with an investor, with somebody who's maybe wanting to buy your business because they wouldn't necessarily be incurring those costs because they're, they're maybe choices. not headed in the same direction exactly. you are. Right. Yep. No, that's perfect. That's exactly what I was asking. Yeah, because those are those are personal choices that you're making to invest in the business to grow it. They're not set fixed expenses that you're necessarily going to continue to incur into the future. Yeah, that's right. great. That's perfect. That's really, really and, good. And I'll just say a, a good example of that was the very first book that I did. I got involved with a group of people for a co-authored book where they said they would help you become a best-selling author. And so that was one of those personal choices. I wanted a fast track on how to get out there and be able to say I was a best-selling author and paid quite a bit of money to get into that very first book. And But it opened the door to so many other things. And so that is one of those things I... Oh, definitely. That's one of those things I have down in that third category of my P&L because it was necessary, but it really wasn't necessary to keep the doors open in my business. But it has catapulted me into some of the stuff that I do today. That's so interesting. That's perfect. Uh, this was really, really helpful. I know I learned quite a bit and I really enjoyed the dialogue and I know that it will be extraordinarily helpful for our listeners as well. So um, Diane, I know you have all sorts of tips and resources and you know things that people can get their hands on to learn more about what you do and how you help people and, and probably to uh, get started down the right path as far as their taxes go. What is the best way to get in touch with you and do you have anything specific that you would want to point our listeners to? You bet. The best way to get in touch with me is www.taxcoachforyou.com, and that's using the number four. 
We always give away free copies of a couple of my books. We have the book, The 10 Most Expensive Tax Mistakes That Cost You Thousands, that we give away constantly, almost every single day we send a copy out to somebody. All we ask is that you help cover shipping and handling, and I believe it's about four bucks or something like that on the website. Um, over and above that, we've got several other books out there that are available to help you start down this trail of how to save some money on your taxes. We offer a free tax analysis, which means that you send in your last couple of years personal and business tax returns. I will take a few minutes and go over them and then hop on either a phone call or a Skype call. And we'll talk about what I'm seeing on your tax return. Some, a lot of times I'll see mistakes or missed opportunities. Uh, we'll talk about some potential for tax savings of that type of thing. And if the tax savings is big enough, then we'll look at possibly taking the next step, which is preparing a customized tax plan just for you. That is awesome. Okay, great. And what is your main website, Diane? www.taxcoachforyou.com. Perfect. Okay. Super powerful interview today, Diane. Thank you so much for everything that you shared for myself and our listeners. Oh, thank you for having me on your program, Kelly. You got it. All right, everybody. That is a wrap. If you haven't already texted in the word IGNITE to 44222 to become a subscriber of my community to get the two-minute tips that will change your life every single Friday, make sure you text in IGNITE to 44222 before you put your phone down. I want to thank you all for tuning in. And until next time, I want to remind you to dream big, take action, and don't stop until you make it happen. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Unstoppable Success Radio. And if you're not already a member of my private email community, I want you to text the word IGNITE to 44222. Text the word IGNITE to 44222 to get all the resources, trainings, swipe files, and tips I only share there. If you're not already a member, all you have to do is text IGNITE to 44222 to get in on all the action. Thanks so much.